We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, we are back. I've got a text message here. I'd be happy to do this. Could you guys mention that the Minnesota Whitecaps beat the Boston Pride 4-3 to last night in front of a sellout crowd in downtown St. Paul? And the Boston was previously undefeated. Happy to do that. We don't... Give the uh, uh, Whitecaps a lot of coverage. They're an outstanding hockey team. They, every game is uh, virtually sold out. And uh, the teams play again at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, let's see. Sid caught up with uh, an important member of the Twins pitching staff. I had a chance to hear from Jake Odorizzi on Friday morning at breakfast, and he talked about the decision to stay in Minnesota. Maybe Sid gets into that uh, with the pitcher, but it was interesting, his thoughts, because a lot of people get to that uh, free agent market and, and they go and see what the market will do. He was really hoping that things would work out and that he could come back here and be part of the Twins rotation and then benefit from that batting order that they've put together. Sid caught up with Jake at Twins Fest. Let's listen in. Doing good? Okay. How close did you come with signing with another team? Um... I, I weighed all my options. It's a short little time period of 10 days to make a big decision. So my family and I talked it out, and we had other offers out there on the table. But um, when it came down to it, the, the decision that made sense was to come back here for another year and give this another go. I really believe in this team, and it's a special team, and we've added to it. So I'm looking forward to competing again and hopefully uh, winning another division and on from there. Was there any chance you were signing a long-term contract? Uh, I would love that. You were just talking to a gentleman that could make that happen and, and that, but um, it's something that I, I've thought about. And I, I would really you know, like to stay long-term, especially with how this team is built for the next three, four years. So um, I'm open to it, and it's, you know, it's a matter of if they want me to stay after this year or not. How do you feel about your season? A lot of towards the end of the season, you pitched well early, and then you came out of the game. Game. They didn't give you a chance to pitch along. Yeah, it's you know the playoffs are such a unique game that the the leash is is pretty short and it's a must win game, especially when you're already down two games. So um, I did the best I could for the two uh, for the five innings that I was in there. I definitely could have gone longer, but we needed to win, and it turns out we just didn't do enough that day. But you know, hopefully, be able to replicate a lot of last year and look forward to another good year this year. How much did Johnson help you? He's very instrumental in our whole pitching staff. Him, him and I worked together constantly last year, and it was good to have a guy that understood me and we could work things out when there were some rough patches. So another year working with him I think is another uh, a great thing for our entire pitching staff and me especially. Unusual for a college pitcher to move up and be a major league pitcher. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's transitioned very well into the pro game, and um, I think that just goes to, you know, talk about the type of person that he is. He's very personable and wants to understand you before he starts, you know, making adjustments to you. And that's he's a great guy, and we're very lucky to have him here. How'd you feel about them signing this new third baseman? 
Yeah, how about that? How about that guy? He's he's been heard of a few times. I played against him for a number of years, and it's good to not have to pitch to him anymore and be able to have him on my side for a good change. So I'm excited to have Josh here, and I, I think he's going to bring a whole lot to our team and hopefully win us a lot of games. Were you saying? Were you surprised that Dallas signed Gibson? Uh, I wasn't. I talked to Gibby a lot this off season, and um, you know we were kind of in the same boat. So uh, I'm happy for him. He did a lot here, a lot of good uh, good things on and off the field. Um, one of my closest friends, so I'm going to miss him uh, on a daily basis. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, how he pitches in a new a new team. Do you miss Castro? <laughs> Another guy. I got all my close friends. Yeah, uh, Castro. Having his time at the Angels, I think will be really good. He's a he's a tremendous catcher, a great teammate, and uh, another guy that I'm going to miss hanging out with a lot. We've spent a lot of time with those two guys, particularly, and uh, you know, wish them all the best because they're really great people. Can his team repeat? I don't see why we couldn't. I mean, I th- I think we're going to have a target on our back this year instead of uh, chasing you know, the Indians, so we're, the roles are kind of reversed, but we just have to go out and play how we played last year, close to that high level, and uh, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape, but uh, I'm excited for it. What did you like about the manager? I think Rocco did a great job his first year. Um, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to be on some teams with a first-year manager and see the differences and the similarities between the two and learn kind of how they go about learning the manager position. And it's a unique spot, and I think Rocco handled it very well and very professionally. And, uh, you know, everybody up here you know, came to like him pretty quickly. He's a real likable guy. So uh, he's, uh, I think he's going to be a mainstay for a while. Do you, uh, you think your pitching staff is big enough to win again? I think so, but at the same time, there's always more room to add more pitching. I think everybody, every team can always look to add more pitching. And uh, you always need about, you know, seems like five more pitchers than what you have at the time. So um, I think, you know, between now and the All-Star break, we'll have a better, you know, determination of what we need. And pitching is always the hottest commodity, so I think we'll be right there with everybody. What do you you think? Were you surprised they didn't add pitching? Um, I mean, we did. We did it with Rich Hill and Homer Bailey, Clipper, and Romo. So we, we brought some guys in that um, have some experience pitching on some important teams, some big games, and have that uh, that playoff mentality. So I think they geared it up a little bit differently and spent their money elsewhere, which is our shiny new third baseman. So I think a lot of people can get behind that, and we can always go out and have more pitching as the season progresses. One last question. You want to stay with the Twins? I would love to. I've grown, I've grown quite accustomed to being up here. I'm from the Midwest originally, so it's nice to come back to a place that uh, that people really um, you know, value baseball and are all Twins fans and really enjoy coming out to the ball game on a daily basis. So, you know, this is a place where I love being, and hopefully, it can be uh, a little bit longer. Well, that's Jay Cotarizzi making it absolutely clear he not only, uh, you know, this was his first choice, but he would very much be open to discussions about a long-term contract. Good stuff, Sid. Appreciate it. Uh, next up will be uh, Justin Morneau after we take a break here. Obviously, Justin Morneau, part of big news during the week, and that he will be the newest member of the Minnesota Twins Hall of Fame. No real surprise uh, there, but we'll talk to him about how he learned about it, his reaction to it, and some thoughts on Twins Fest and uh, this year's Twins team. That should be fun. Always fun to catch up with Justin, who, by the way, is going to be a significant 
part of the uh, broadcast, uh, at least the television broadcast this year. Uh, I think he's going to up his his role there. So we'll talk about all that and more right ahead. Stick around. Join us, Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. We're going to continue our conversation, heavy emphasis on uh, Twins baseball this morning. Why not? Uh, uh, Twins Fest weekend, a lot of news. One of the really nice pieces of news coming out of that weekend has to do with our guest right now. Sid, say good morning to Justin Morneau. Hey, congratulations on getting the Hall of Fame. Couldn't that happen to the better guy? Let me ask you this. You. you were a first baseman. What do you think you should know as a first baseman? Well, I think he's got a chance if he's willing to work hard enough to get better over there. Obviously, he can hit, but you know it'll be important for him to continue to work on that. But he worked. I, I feel like he got a lot better at third base. He put his work in there, and obviously signed someone with a pretty good defensive reputation. So they're going to move him to first. But it's one of those positions. If you're willing to work at it, you can get better at it. And, and he has enough athletic ability to play the position. That's for sure. Can this thing repeat? How much? What do you think that Donaldson? We'll do for the team. There are two questions there, Justin. <laughs> and the, can yep. they repeat in uh, the addition of Donaldson? Yeah, it's you know this, this team seems uh, a lot more confident than it was uh, probably last year's Twin Fest. Uh, everyone was a little unsure, and now you know you set the home run record, and you're bringing back basically the same lineup with the addition of Donaldson. It, it's uh, it's pretty scary, I think, for opposing pitchers when you look at it and where, who you're going to go after in the lineup. And you know, staying healthy is going to be important. The starting pitching is going to be important. I think the bullpen is going to be fine. There's some guys who emerged last year, really. Look at Duffy and Littell and had, you know, breakout years. And then you add that to Rodgers and Clippard. And, and you've got some established guys down there that can finish games. It's it's a matter of getting them the ball with the lead. And, you know, Pineda is going to be out for the first part of the year. Hill's going to be out for the first part of the year. But I feel like there's enough pitching there, you know, to – to hold everybody off until you get the full squad, and then and then it could be really scary. It, it was a it has the potential to be a better year, but at the same time, a lot of guys had career years last year. That's hard to repeat. So we'll see which way they go. But uh, I think staying healthy is going to be the most important thing, and I think they have to be the favorites in the division at this point. Can this team re- repeat? I'm sorry, what was that? Yes, uh, again, could the, t- could the team repeat? I think you pretty well covered that in your previous answer. Justin, I wanted to ask you a little bit. Uh, this story was, was told, but I think it, it bears repeating. How the Twins handled the Hall of Fame announcement and exactly how you learned in your reaction when you got the call? Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things. Uh, Dustin Morris uh, was trying to track me down and, and uh, trying to connect because, uh, you know, Rod was out in California, Rod Carew, and, and uh, kind of running around, and he said, I got a text that said, "Hey, answer your phone when it rings." <laughs> so I knew something was kind of kind of up. And then uh, you hear Rod Carew on the other end of the phone telling you you're going into the Hall of Fame is uh, really something. I was at a loss for words. I was trying to figure out the proper way to react, and I think I said thank you a whole bunch of times, and, and uh, you know was still kind of in shock. It's starting to sink in a little bit, you know, with the guys that are reaching out and then you know looking at it and looking at who's in that Hall of Fame. It's it's a very special group of you know, some of the greatest players to ever play the game. So to be alongside those guys, any, any, anything I'm in with, with Harmon Kilbrew and, and Rod Carew is a pretty exclusive company, so it's, it's a huge honor. Justin, uh, another announcement. Uh, apparently you're going to be a bigger part of the broadcast team. That's something relatively new for you, but it sounds like it's something you're learning to really enjoy. Yeah, it, I never thought I would, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of fell into it a little bit and got comfortable with it and, and, you know, hopefully continue to get better, but, 
you know, working with Dick has been uh, really amazing. He's he's as good as anybody in the business. I mean, he's been around forever. He knows Twins baseball as well as anyone, and he he's helped me along quite a bit. And, and uh, you know, I can't thank him enough for that. But also, it's it's I love the game of baseball. I watch a lot of baseball, and now it gives me uh, an excuse to talk about it. So it's been it's been fun. I, I never you know couldn't have envisioned it at the start of my career, but towards the end, it was something that I started to think about and. Uh, now I've got an opportunity, and I'll be on for 60 games this year, so hopefully enough to be part of the broadcast team, a significant part of that, and then still be able to be home and, and coach some t-ball and softball and all that fun stuff too. So it's a pretty good mix. How much do you miss baseball? Ah, quite a bit. <laughs> I was uh, talking about it the other day, you know, it's as much as being around the guys and, and you know, competing, you know, testing yourself every day going through a routine, trying to get better every day. I mean, even until the last day I played, it was still a, a goal of trying to improve. And when you have those goals and that focus, it, it, it uh, really, uh, I don't know, fulfills something that, uh, that you have. And, and, you know, moving on from that was difficult, but now I've got uh, the broadcasting and I've got a lot of kids at home. And, and uh, you know, it turned out it was actually a blessing in disguise that, you know, the career ended at the time it did because uh, now I get to, spend more time with my kids and I get to know them and they know me and, and I get to be around a lot more. So it's, it's, uh, as much as I miss it, as much as I miss being around it, I'm, I'm fortunate that I get to be home. Justin, one thing you're good at is so many former twins are, is they've remained active in the community. We were two tables away from you at the banquet last night. And I noticed you got something in your eye the same time I did. Uh, boy, that, that Crescent Cove story is is really impressive, what they've done. And if you're not touched by those stories that we heard last night, you don't have a heart. Yeah, that was, it was something. That was my first time going to that, but uh, I think that's something we'll definitely be at in the future. It was, uh, you know, I said it quite a few times. It's amazing there's only three of them in the country, and, you know, there should be three of those facilities in, in every state or more. It's It's amazing. The work they do, the people they help, and, and to see kids with illness and see you know, parents up there with the courage to talk in front of a room full of people about losing losing their child at three or four or five years old was was something that really moved you, and, and it was uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an emotional night for everybody that was there. It, it was uh, it was good, but it raised a lot of money, and, and hopefully, we'll continue to to grow that, and it'll become uh, a model for other states. Uh, it was Minnesota setting the standard again, so it's, it's uh, pretty impressive to be part of that group too. And you, you, of course, with young kids, I had to be touched by the, uh, that, that angle to, to the story. Just mo- moving on a little bit and going back to baseball. And one thing I was thinking that you and Josh Donaldson you know, have in common is you both started as catchers. Having started as a catcher later in your career, what does having played the catcher position bring to you uh, as an all-around baseball player? I think you see the game a little bit differently. You know, it's the only position where you have your, you know, you're looking at the field, you are in command of everything, and, and you know, when you're in, I'm assuming he, co- he caught in high school too, so you, you call your own signs and you learn how to work with the pitching staff, you know, from a young age. You have to be a leader, and, and you kind of go through that, and, and you see the game in that way. So it's, it's not only as an offensive player, you're seeing it from the mind of the pitcher. You're trying to think through the at-bats, and you're doing all that stuff. So I think it, it helps you maybe pay attention to detail a little bit more and, and uh, you know, have that part of the game that's important where, if you could pick up on any little thing that a pitcher is doing, because when you're catching, you see, you can see it, you know, straight on. Uh, if a pitcher's, you know, flying open too early, or you know, he's losing his release point, or whatever, 
you know, the, the catcher has to act as a, as a second pitching coach because the pitching coach, especially now, limited trips, can't go out there all the time. So when you have that and you've kind of been trained to go through that as a catcher and then you move to another position, that doesn't really leave you. You're still looking for things when, you, when you're facing a pitcher. You're looking, you know, for things when you're looking at video and, and any kind of edge. And I think uh, playing that catching position helps a, a ton. If they have Buxton back healthy, how much will it make different to this team? Oh, we, he's a, he's important as a player as we have on our, on our roster. You know, he's the guy that, I mean, you'd never want to see it, but he could hit, you know, 100 for the whole year and still have a positive impact on this team because he's so good defensively. And you want to see him healthy. He wasn't up here this weekend because he's still continuing his rehab, but the good news is he's, he was starting to swing and, and he's starting to feel pretty good. So he's a, he's a guy, if he's out there, he just gives the pitchers so much confidence if, they're not afraid to give up, put the ball in play. They're not afraid to let the other team make contact because you've got him and center running around, and then you've got Kepler, who's as good a right fielder as anybody, and then you add Donaldson at third base. I think the defense should be improved, and then you've got a full season of a rise. I mean, it's going to be uh, hopefully comparable or even better than last year, and, and the pitching staff with Buxton is, is better. It's amazing how much he can impact those guys and their ERA and the runs they give up. Justin, I want to quickly go back to the catching position because of your thoughts on two things. One is a lot of talk to the point where it's, it sounds like it's, it's inevitable we're going to see automatically controlled, computer-controlled uh, calls and balls and strikes. Your thoughts on that? And, and then secondly, with the Astros and, and the Red Sox and the scandal of picking off signs, as a catcher, how much did you concentrate on trying to make it as difficult as possible for the other team to figure out what your signs were? Well... <laughs> I guess I'll answer the second part first, but it is disappointing to see. I mean, I, I don't know if it was inevitable that it was going to happen at some point with all the technology, but I don't know. We've gone through some difficulties in baseball, you know, with the steroids in the past, and people sat idly by as it was going on, and nobody really did anything, and then you you would you would hope that it wouldn't happen again with something different, but it did, and now you're going to have to gain the trust back of everyone, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if the the penalties were stiff enough. I don't know if it is really going to affect Houston that much. You fire the general manager and you fire the manager and you get fined $5 million. So they got fined basically the money they're saving from firing the manager and the general manager. And they lost a couple of draft picks, but you know, I don't know. As a former player, I probably shouldn't say it, but I think the players, if they were caught should be penalized for that as well. I mean, what, uh, unless somehow they found out that, the front office said, hey, we've got these, this video camera set up for you. We've got this live feed set up, so you guys do with it what you want. Or was it the players that went to the front office and said, hey, can you set us up a camera in center field? And until we know the answer to that, it's really hard to say. Sure. You know, it, it's, I don't know, I, but it's disappointing for sure to see two World Series winners do that and then this to come out after. It just it taints the, the whole thing. It just makes it, I don't know, I, it's just, it's sad to see, I guess. And then I forgot the other, the first part. Well, of yeah, first of all, we we sure haven't heard the end of the the story about the uh, picking off the signs. But the second one was automated automated strike zone. Is a catcher good or bad thing? Um. Well, for the guys who are defensive specialists, it's not a good thing because you're signing guys because of their pitch framing ability, yep. and doing that kind of thing. But for me, as a hitter, I always wanted it. I wanted it while I was still playing. I, it was. Uh, just the consistency. That's what everyone wants is to walk up to the plate, 
every at bat and know exactly what the strike zone is. Doesn't matter if you're in front of 5,000 people in Yankee Stadium or you're playing in front of 3,000 in Tampa. The strike zone should be the same. And who's on the mound and whether that guy's won a Cy Young or All Star games. And when I first came up, that was really frustrating for me to get in the batter's box and you know get a pitch called four or five inches off the plate and you kind of where's that and the umpire look at you and go he's got 10 years in the league or, or give you some answer <laughs> right. like that that is irrelevant to what the actual strike zone is. So I don't know. I'm in favor of it just to see the consistency, just to see how much we have because we're, we're criticizing these guys every pitch they call. We have the box up on the screen. We show replays of where they are in the strike zone. And, and these guys are getting criticized for, for doing a job that they do at about 95%, most of them, which is pretty good. I mean, you see 300 pitches in a game, you're going to miss 15. You think about it, but every one of those pitches that they miss can swing a count from to two and two or three and one or whatever it is. And it has a huge impact on the game. So for me, I like it just for the, for the sake of consistency, if they can get it right. Points all well taken. Sid with a final question. Yes. And there's players coming out of Canada. I don't know if you could hear that clearly. Uh, he's wondering, are there still a good uh, influx of uh, Canadian young talent into the majors? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a few in our system. Belozovic, who's a, a young kid who throws hard. Uh, Soroka finished uh, second in the National League Cy Young, or National League Rookie of the Year, and then uh, was in the Cy Young race. So he's a 21- or 22-year-old kid in Atlanta there. And then there's uh, a few. Josh Naylor, I think, has got a chance. That Tyler O'Neill has a chance in uh, in St. Louis if they let him play. It looks like they're going to they let Ozuna go somewhere else. So, there's some there's some guys and there's some young power hitters and and uh, they're coming along. It's 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 always fun to see. You know, Larry Walker was the guy who got into the Hall of Fame last week and he set the bar for us and and really uh, opened up opened up the door for for so many young players. So it was a uh, it was a special week all around with the with the Twins Hall of Fame and him getting in the Hall of Fame and everything else that went on. Good good week for you. Good week for Canada. Sid, I'm pretty sure he's going to offer you a Murray's butter and a silver butter knife steak. Justin, if you could hold on the line just a second after we go to break, we want to make sure we've got your best current address so we can send that out. Sid? I want to give you a certificate. If we can get your address, we'll send it to you, or we'll send it to the Twins. We're going to get his address. We'll send it directly to their home. So, Justin, thanks so much, and congratulations again on the Hall of Fame election. Well-deserved. Thank you. All right, Justin Morna. When we come back, we're going to talk to the head of the Minnesota State High School League. And then in the final segment, we'll hear from one more twin, Max Kepler. So that's what lies ahead in the next 25, 30 minutes. Join us. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we return, and we've talked professional, we've talked collegiate, time to talk high school sports, and joining us right now is Eric Martins. Eric is the head of the Minnesota State High School League, kind of filling big shoes for Dave Stead, who was probably on this program a hundred times over the years. And Eric, I reached out to you because you guys were in the paper this week, a bit of a controversy about the Wasika hockey team wanting to wear some commemorative jerseys, and that, that sparked some mild controversy, although when the ruling came out, I think most people understood what it was all about, but you guys get involved with stuff when, and when you took the job did Dave sit down with you and say you're gonna have some days where you're working on things you never contemplated well obviously the Minnesota State High School League has a has a big imprint in the state of Minnesota so without question we're gonna we're gonna run into some situations that we need to work with our member schools on and and that's the case here and uh, you know thanks to Watsika Public Schools for the work that they've done in in supporting Officer Matson and the law enforcement there in Watsika along with the Wasika and Albert Lee community, because obviously it's a, it's a tragic situation and we stand with them 
uh, in support of Officer Matson and his long road to recovery and certainly wish him and his family the very best. You know, but interestingly, it focused at first on the game jerseys, but I thought fairly quickly cooler heads prevailed and you were able to get together and they wound up being able to, to recognize the officer in, in a respectful way and they'll still have the uniforms at the end, of the, uh, the end of the season for auction purposes to raise some additional money. And, you know, in no way did, did anybody suspect that the league was anti-law enforcement or what have you, but how did those negotiate, or how did it work out so you wound up with the practice jerseys and the badges, which seemed to be a, a good solution? Well, these kinds of situations happen in schools on a regular basis. And just the week before, we'd worked with a couple of schools on some other commemorations. And, and what we do and, and what took place in Wasika is a longer story because as soon as the jerseys were provided, which was better than a week ago, Wasika was already in contact with the Minnesota State High School League to say, how do we use these and how can they be used to support officer math and law enforcement? And so we had worked with them to identify, and they did a great job in their local community and, and hats off to their AD there who did a great job working with his school and, and with a team to say, so here's, here's what's allowed. And uh, based on the, the commemorations that are on the jersey and so on, they don't fit the National Federation standards, but we can wear them right up to puck drop and we can wear them afterwards. We can have them in and around our school. We can use them in whatever events might be part of supporting them and certainly can take part in things like having the team sign them and put them up for auction and things like that. And so you know, we're working, continue to work with Watsika now and, and taking a look at how can we get a commemorative patch on their actual game jerseys, both for the boys on the girls' side, um, because we, we do want to continue to support all the efforts that they have. And we recognize that within our schools, uh, students getting engaged in supportive uh, entities and working to try to make sure that, that they are a part of what's happening within the community uh, is really critical and a great learning experience and, and giving to the greater good is always important. We're talking with Eric Martins, head of the Minnesota State High School League. Eric Sid's eager to ask a question, but I wanted to finish up with one more on this line. Um, products on, on, on jerseys. We're seeing professional sports now. Uh, it's hard to find a, a uniform that doesn't have a, say, a car dealership in Bemidji wanted to uh, sponsor the local team and offered to, to buy the uniforms. I'm assuming there's some pretty hard and fast rules when it comes to commercial usage of, of jerseys for high school kids. Yeah, at this time, that is that wouldn't be an acceptable way to go in terms of our competition jerseys. And so, again, those those schools always reach out to us and say, "What can we do within you know within the scope of our games?" And we see lots of uh, things in in student programs or school programs. We see them on scoreboards. We see them even on you know uh, LED readouts and so on along uh, the scoring table and and things like that. And so, I always encourage our schools to reach out and ask questions if they have them, and we'll try and help them do the best that they can to meet the, the goals of their sponsors and at the same time recognize and understand the rules that, that govern what you can have on jerseys or uniforms within the state high school league. Very good. Let's get uh, Sid into the conversation. Cindy? What percentage do you think of the athletes come from the city to the suburbs right now? Open enrollment transfers from uh, the central cities to the suburbs. Any statistics on that? Yeah, we don't we don't track those kinds of uh, those kinds of statistics, and and we recognize that within the the state of Minnesota, we have open enrollment, which not all states even have at this time. And so, our families and students get an opportunity to uh, to take a look at what educational facility works best for them. But we don't track a number of uh, students who may live or not live in a particular uh, resident area. And certainly, with our uh, our private schools that are member schools as well. Those folks can can come from a wide variety of communities to choose those educational options. 
Eric, uh, going back to our initial discussion, I tried to read all the online comments on it. One of them was kind of interesting because it's a topic that you and I've had the opportunity to talk about. Somebody said, you know, the state of Minnesota ought to get involved because they're, you know, they're part of the sponsors of the high school league. You want to clarify how much dollar sponsorship you get, you receive from the state of Minnesota? Sure. So the state of Minnesota does not directly fund the the Minnesota State High School League. Uh, Our funding sources are revenue from our our tournaments uh, that we look at, some sponsorships and contracts that we have in place, and then membership fees from our our schools. And all schools participate in that and and, uh, have a membership fee, and that includes public and private and charter and homeschools and and all of those folks. But, But in the end, the amount of funding that even comes from our schools in total is is about 12 or 13 percent of our budget, and so the vast majority uh, is uh, is controlled and and uh, supported through sponsorships and and especially through our tournament revenues. At the uh, Armory here in downtown Minneapolis this weekend, major esports competition. I have to imagine that somewhere on the the list, of the, either in the back of your mind or in a notepad somewhere, is the fact that somewhere down the line you're going to want to have schools competing in the esports. And what does that mean for the high school league? Yeah, without question, we have schools already that are taking part in esports, and they're finding other ways to connect students with the sporting world. Um, and you know, the gaming that takes place there is is certainly just like other teams. Uh, there's a great amount of energy. Um, we haven't had a significant number or even uh, a small number of schools come to us and say, hey, can we add this to the state high school league? At the same time, they're looking within their programs and, and how can we get other kids involved. And, and so on a national level, there certainly are some states that are engaged in conversations and even have adapted to some method, uh, some esport competitions. Uh, at this time, uh, it hasn't reached Minnesota, but there have been folks within the esport community who have reached out to us from time to time to say, what would it look like? How could it happen? And, and we continue in those conversations. Albeit at this time, they, they haven't been real significant. Oh, interesting. I think Sid's got a final question. Sidney? What percent of students are ineligible with these ages? Ineligible. You know, yeah, so what I would say is that, you know, without question, the vast, vast majority of students who participate in, in our activities and even just within our high schools are going to be eligible for the state high school league. And their schools are the ones that uh, that determine what constitutes academic progress and meeting the requirements there to be eligible. Um, but we have, without question, the vast, vast majority uh, of students who are definitely eligible. And, and even if they may run counter to a rule here or there, uh, they're back within a couple of weeks and participating at the at the varsity level or the JV level, whatever fits them best. Eric, hey, we appreciate you being available on short notice. Whenever these things come up, it's good to go right to the source. So uh, appreciate your, your comments here this morning. We look forward to being able to reach out to you again in the future when things come up. Absolutely, and thank you so much for the time. All right, that's Eric Martins. Take a quick break. Come back. We'll hear from Max Kepler in our final segment. Oh, and we got a let's can we take a call here? Let's do it. Jerry, we we didn't invite callers, but Jerry and Hopkins had a question, and we have a little time here. So, Jerry, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, good morning, Sid Dave. Sure. Hey, Mike, Max, uh, pride of Gaylord. How you doing? Hey, Sid, do you remember a young kid from Dasakokato? Willie Bandesty, he played for the Golfers. I don't know if you knew that. And if you do, I'm still gonna, I guess I'm going to have to buy you a silver 
What a nice steak. <laughs> okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Jerry, I certainly remember Willie Van Steek. I remember his debut game when he when he uh, came in, and people said, who is that? He got into the backfield and made a very impressive sack and then went on to a career of doing exactly the same thing. Uh, Sid was uh, a little occupied uh, elsewhere there during the question. Tell you what, during your break, and during the break we have to take right now, I'll ask him about Willie, and we'll come back with an answer. On the other side, you're listening to Sports Auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back, and at uh, Twins Fest, uh, Sid had a chance to catch up uh, uh, with uh, several of the Twins players and got a nice, quiet background, and uh, we've gotten some good interviews so far. There's one remaining I want to hear from. Max Kepler had a terrific year last year, uh, and Sid was able to catch up with the Twins right fielder, uh, and so we're going to hear from him in just a minute. We've got a couple of people on hold who called. Uh, the Kepler interview is going to it's going to be tight, but when, once we go to the Kepler interview, if we have time, I want to encourage you to stay on. We'll try to get to your, your, to your calls. Uh, so Let's listen to Max Kepler, and then we'll try for the calls. Still read sign language? Look over there. Hey, Sid, you still read sign language? Look over there. You. <laughs> Give Sid a little hard time at the beginning there. Go ahead, Sid. Talk about your off-season. Um, it's been good. I, w- I got to go back home. I did a clinic for kids, uh, just trying to push the game to the next level in Germany. Then I... Uh, Traveled a little bit, saw my family, spent some time with friends, uh, and improved my game. Got better, stronger, and uh, yeah. Get all those injuries at the end of the season. What did you do to take care of them? Uh, I rehabbed. Uh, I saw physical therapists, uh, multiple, and uh, yeah, just tried to get the healthiest way, the quickest way possible, and uh, um, yeah. Are you 100% now? Yeah, I'd say so. What did you do to, uh, to, to do get it fixed? Sorry? What did you do to get it fixed? I went to physical therapy, so I had to, I had to strengthen it um, and then just find my mobility back, flexibility, and, uh, yeah, just th- did a lot of rehab and physical training. Talk about, do you have a trainer? Like a strength trainer? or Yeah. No, no. I, tra- I train with other baseball players, and they motivate me to push myself. Talk about all those home runs they had last year. How did you do it? I don't know. We were just playing small ball, um, just trying to put the ball in play, and I guess when you do small things, big things happen sometimes. So. You played a lot of center field last year. You feel excited for that position? Position. Ready? Ready? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can, I play anywhere they want me to play. Um, but uh, center field's fun, you know. I think it's the easiest position in the outfield. You just have to cover more ground. Um, but if Byron's back, that's his spot, and he, he deserves to play there. I talked to the scout that signed you. He talked about how young you were and everybody chasing you. Could you talk about that? Everybody chasing me? Yeah, trying to sign you. Oh, yeah. So I had about 15 teams that wanted to sign me, and I, I went with the Twins. How many scouts did you chase them? 15. Well, how come you just signed with the Twins? Because uh, I, I knew of some players that played for the Twins, and they told me good things about the organization. And... Uh, yeah, I, I trusted in my friends and teammates and uh, just the good things I heard about the organization. What do you think of the new guy that's inside? 
Oh, he's he's going to do some damage. He's he's an, a well-established player, and uh, I mean, sky's the limit. I, I look forward to playing with him. You think the Twins can repeat? Re what? Can the Twins repeat? Repeat? Oh, repeat? Uh, I don't think we're looking for a repeat. I think we're just looking for a a good hey man, how you doing? A good season with a lot of health, happiness, and a lot of one ball games. <laughs> Everybody be healthy, right? Yeah, health health is the most important thing in the world. How about getting Bucks healthy? I think he's he is healthy. I mean, I think he'll be ready to play. How much is a lot of healthy? Hundred percent. Sorry. How much that will add a health to Bucks and hundred percent? Oh, well, I mean, he's a phenomenal baseball player, so he would definitely do a lot of contrib- com- contributing to the team if he was healthy. Make a big difference in center field with him playing center field? Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, he could play anywhere and he'd make a difference. Does that help you in right field, too? Uh, yeah, I mean, playing with Buck, playing with Eddie, um, that's who I grew up with playing in the minor leagues. So uh, we're most comfortable playing together, and I, I look forward to being playing in that in that trio again. Got some new new guys on the bench. Uh, what do you think about losing the bench coach and losing the, the, the coach of the manager to Pittsburgh? Uh, it reminds you that you know this sport is is still a business, and uh, I wish the best to all of them to you know their new positions congratulations but uh you know now it's time to build relationships with the guys we have and and have some fun will you miss them will you miss them yeah i miss i'll miss everyone that we didn't we had last year um we had a great squad and uh built a bunch of memories together and good relationships so um i'm gonna miss everyone that left the team are there more players Coming out of Germany, more major league players out of Germany. Uh, let, we, let's start with minor league. We have some guys coming, but you have to get through the minor leagues first. So that's the true test for them. That was that was Max Kepler. Uh, since we got about uh, two minutes to go here, go for basketball this afternoon. Home game, home teams in the Big Ten so far have done very well. But you could argue maybe this could be the biggest game of the season for the University of Minnesota men's basketball team. Well, Michigan State got beat by Indiana the other day. They got killed by Purdue. Uh, They're not that great. We'll see what happens. If that center just decides he's going to be the guy. He's going to make the baskets. They can beat anybody. Talking about Oturo, uh, Daniel Oturo. Uh, the Gophers at halftime are going to honor Willie Burton. What What are your recollections of, of Willie Burton and the, those great teams that Clem Haskins put together? That uh, center you're talking about? No, w- Willie Burton. What about Willie Burton? Today's the day they retire his number. He was, he was a great, great player. Came out of uh, Detroit. Detroit, yep. And... Uh, he set the world on fire. He went in, in the NBA and did very good. So I remember nothing but good things about 
him. You know, I said, uh, shame on me. I thought his number was maybe already up there. And when they announced that they were going to recognize him and put his banner on him, boy, Willie Burton, I thought he already had been recognized because he's clearly worthy of it. He's a big name in Gopher basketball history. No doubt about it. One of the biggest names of all time. Yep, and that that ceremony is this afternoon uh, going to be uh, still, still seats available. That's a 2 o'clock tip-off today for the men's basketball. If they can win the game today against Michigan State, the, most of the projections going forward are this is such a big game, this could put the Gophers out of that little group in the middle and maybe uh, pretty much put them on the road to an NCAA berth. They use the center like they should use them. I think they'll be fantastic. Well, I, I don't think there's any question Arturo is going to play a big role in it, but the, it's, he's got to have some support, and that's what that's what got them. That's how they beat Ohio State on the road. It wasn't just Arturo; it was a supporting lineup. Marcus Carr has turned out to be a terrific guard. Yeah, he'll go down as one of the best players they ever had. Well, I think that's a little strong, but I, I think he's a good player. I want to thank our guests uh, today who, who joined us. Willie Burton was good enough to join us in the beginning. We tried to connect with Clem Haskins, and we couldn't make that work. Clem is in town, and he's going to be part of that ceremony at halftime today. How much fun is that going to be? Richard Patino was good enough to join us on game day, uh, which is unusual, but he's been very good that way. Derek Falvey talking about all things Twins-related, and then Josh Donaldson. Uh, Bobby Bell, how, how much fun is it to hear from Bobby Bell? And how great is it that Bobby Bell is playing such a big role with the Chiefs going forward into the Super Bowl next weekend? Justin Morneau talking about being elected and the honor it was for him to be elected into the Twins Hall of Fame. Uh, Eric Martins in the high school league and some of the challenges they face. And then the Twins that Sid was able to catch up. Sergio Romo, Jake Odorizzi, Alex Avila, and Max Kepler. We want to thank you for uh, your phone call. Sorry, we didn't have a chance to get to more. We'll try to do it again next week you've been listening to the sports huddle with sid dave and mike we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.